defends from dummy half. It's with the halfback, Williams. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to the first ever Supercoach Playbook podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. A few of you, but probably not many, will know me from my time at the Daily Telegraph. I was there for five years as a NRL super coach and general NRL expert. At least that's what I like to tell myself. Uh, I finished up there in December after a pretty good stint, uh, but such is my love for the great game of super coach. I've decided to put a website together with NRL super coach content and later on in the year some big bash content uh, to try and help you out and help myself out. I've got a bunch of great contributors on board. One of them contributors is the Supercoach Spy, the man of mystery. Spy, how are you going? Very excited, Tim. Thanks for, you. Thanks for having me on board, mate. All good, mate. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your history in the game. I know you're a bit of a draft expert, uh, but a bit of a classic expert as well. How's your form? Look, it all started when Supercoach actually began all those years ago before anyone really knew what it was. I jumped on board and immediately fell in love with the game. I already loved my footy, loved my sport, so to have something extra towards it was bloody fantastic. So paid head-to-head for many a year until I decided to give the classic overall version a go four years ago. I was lucky enough to have a decent first season, and then once I got my head around things, I managed to become 140th, I believe it was, and then 430th the year after. That was basically thanks to the great man Jordan Rapana and BJ Leilua linking up. I hopped on early and rode the rewards, so go the mighty Raiders of that era. And then I've had a couple of slow starts in recent years, uh, but still managed to come top 4%. So I'm just those opening few weeks, I'm looking to bounce back and look for that top 100 finish, or who knows, maybe the big prize if I'm lucky enough. Happy days, mate. So uh, I've I've finished top 1% in the past four of the past five seasons that I've played. So hopefully that's enough for, for you to know that we're not complete jubblers, only a little bit jubblers. So we've got a bit of a, a bit of decent advice to give, we think, along with the rest of our contributors. Uh, and you're going to do a bit of draft for us as well. Yeah, Tim, I, I've played NBA draft for a few years, and I've got to tell you it's bloody fantastic. So me and the boys decided to hop on NRL draft three years ago. It's very good fun. I love the fact that you get to own your own player and ride him for the season. Obviously, injuries can hurt a lot more, but that's part of the game. Managed to win two out of three titles against my mates. Unfortunately and devastatingly, the great man Aaron Woods, in round 25 against the Warriors away from home, set up two tries in the space of three minutes. So I lost my grand final. Couldn't believe it. Woodsy just causing pain all over the turf. That's what he does. So I'll give you a, a quick little rundown of what the Supercoach Playbook uh, aims to do over the next year, content-wise and whatnot. It'll be nice and brief. Then we get to the main stuff, which is the Supercoach content leading into this season. Uh, we're going to start with fullbacks, which is the big conundrum to start the year. So just quickly, the contributors I've got on board, I'll be doing a lot of the content. We've got Cambridge's captain, Jared Croker, on board. who will be a weekly columnist from when the season starts. He'll do a little bit in preseason for us as well. 
Cambridge is halfback. Sam Williams is also on board the Supercoach playbook. Uh, I will confess, he is my brother, so he'll be good to have on board. Very intelligent mind. Um, his ability's all right as well at times. Not as good at other times, but he'll be all right. We've got last year's champion, Des Creek, the champion of overall Supercoach, so very excited to have him. And we've got the runner-up, who was only about 50-odd points behind Walsh and Carlos. They're going to be regular contributors, and they're also going to do a podcast for us. So super exciting stuff, uh, along with a couple of other guys. So it'll be what I'm planning on doing is putting a predominantly a free service together, at least for the pre-season. I'll be spending a lot of time on it and trying to get the best content out that I can. Um, There'll be a few pieces of subscription-only content in the pre-season. That'll basically be a few squad analysis pieces, looking at every player in the game and rating them. Uh, And then from when the season starts, we'll look to do a little bit more subscriber content. But basically, for anyone who does want to pay a dime, there'll be a lot of free stuff. Uh, It'll just be... The plan is to do $30 for an NRL subscription for the entire season, $20 for a big bash at the end of the year, $40 for both. Uh, I plan to have fifty, about 50 pieces of pre-season content. Again, most of that will all just be free to read. Hopefully you get a feel for it and hopefully you like what you read. Uh, And then from in the season, it'll be around about 15 articles a week. So hopefully that's plenty. A quick shout-out to the guys over at NRL Supercoach Stats who do a great job. Uh, They're giving us all our numbers um, to be able to provide this content. So thank you to them. Um, Let's get get into it. So we're going to start with the fullback puzzle. Um, I think this is a massive part that will define the overall race very early on in the year. There's a lot of dual position stuff that's happened. Plate players such as, I suppose, Val Holmes from the past, Caelan Ponga, who have lost their dual position status. So we're just stacked with fullbacks. We have Tedesco's, Chaboyevich, Pappenhausen, who came onto the scene last year, Val Holmes, Latrell Mitchell's now available at fullback. Um, who are you looking at getting? Who are your two, two fullbacks for round one? I know it's only early days, a lot will change, but who are you looking at? Yeah, look, Tim, obviously my side could change about 794 times before round one and probably 450 times after Teamless Tuesday round one. But at the moment, I do have one I've absolutely locked in since about the middle of last year when I thought he was going to get the fullback role full-time for the Melbourne Storm. It's my main man, Ryan Pappenhausen. The kid is just electric. He never stops running. His support play is fantastic. He even throws in cheeky repeat sets at times for no apparent reason, but they seem to work, so Cam Smith still lets him do it, which is great news if you own him. If I delve into a few stats from last year, they absolutely boggle the mind. So Ryan scored at a points-per-minute rate of 1.37 across the season. Outrageous. Absolutely outrageous, which if you extrapolate that out to an 80-minute game, which he, in theory, to start the year will be playing and should play all year, barring something going wrong. That average is 109.6 across last season. Something going wrong, such as origin <coughs> selection. I'd be happy for the kid. I'd yeah. be happy for the kid. You know what? I'll cop it. 109. If he averages 109 for me up to origin, I'll be happy there, Pap. Um, and just one more on that. He had six starts at fullback because he did play a lot of footy in the middle last year off the bench, which can throw things out a little bit because he made a lot of tackles. And his six starts at fullback, he averaged 95. Weapon. So Ryan's my first man in this year, and very boldly, I've already got him penciled in as skipper at Brookvale round one Sunday, Arvo. Wow. I might not have the, uh, the balls to do that come round one, but you know what? My gut says he's going to go off. So at this stage, he's in. Might turn that to Payne Haas as we get closer or someone of that like. But we'll see what happens. And my number two is very interesting. Obviously, we've got the the king himself, James, Teddy Tedesco. 
everyone should know how good this bloke is. He he averaged in the 80s last year. He had 10 scores above 84. He only scored under 50 twice. He plays for the Roosters. He's getting better by the year. He's getting healthier. Touch wood. I don't want to jinx you. Sorry, Teddy. And at the end of the day, if you lock him into the side, you could nearly skip him every week. And he's just outstanding. But the only other two in the discussion for me at this stage, obviously there's Tom Trevojevic. He's had three-year averages of the last three years of 74, 77, and 76. And everyone knows how good Tommy is. My only fear is that hamstring last year. He's a young kid, growing body, and I just don't want to lock someone in when he got the locks, got the likes of Teddy and Pappenhausen and have him go down in round two again. That would be an absolute dagger. But if you want to have taken pun on him, I absolutely would not object. Uh, if we have a look at his points per minute, taking out the injuries, over 80 minutes last year, he averaged 85.6. So that's, that's Teddy-type stuff at a cheaper rate. So there's absolutely no issue there. Yeah, and look, you, you've nailed it on the head. I, I'm Teddy as well, uh, for sure. I just... I can't not have him in, in, in our side. He, he's 780K, so you're paying for, what, an 84 average. He's not going to miss you, but it's worth paying. His, his ability to turn up so easily, and the big thing is he's in such a star side. You know, they might come down a little bit from their past couple of years, but I've got Teddy locked in. I've got the Pat locked in as well, um, and, and I'm literally the same with Tommy T. Averaged 77 last year with that. Had a His last game of the year when he did his uh, peck, I think it might have been, yep. had a... Nine minute game against the Storm at Brookie as well, wasn't it? So, and that's what. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Timo, but that's what worries me a little bit about Tommy as well. He did his hammy, then came back and did a peck, mm. and just that worries me a little bit. Yeah. All right, uh, and then another really interesting one is Caelan Ponga. You're, I know you're semi keen on him. <clears throat> I've just circled him on my little sheet here. I absolutely love Caelan. I know some people get a little bit annoyed at the hype, but for me, the kid is an out-and-out superstar. We saw what he did in Origin to the Blues. He almost cost us the series. He's outstanding. By his own confession, he had a bit of a down year last year, and even though he still averaged around 70, he's just an absolute gun-ponger. If we take a look at a few of his stats, you've also got to keep in mind that he lost the kicking duties for the last six or seven weeks because their 5-8 was absolutely nailing them from all parts. Mason Lino, who's a chance at getting the run over Phoenix Crossland, but it looks like we Crossland, according to the, the pre-season chat. So we'll keep an eye on that. If Crossland does play, you would really have to assume Ponga goal kicks because he's got an outstanding record, but Mason Leno was just on fire at the time, so it made sense to let him do the kicking. He's 150k cheaper than Teddy. I think he's up for a bounce back year, if you can call it that. I just think he's going to get even better. He's very fun. He's going to be a pod, you'd suspect. Having a look at the draw, I'm not huge into early season draws because all teams come out fired up. Defensive lines are tough to crack. But he's got an Arvo game at home, then an Arvo game at Leichhardt, and then a six o'clock game back at home in Newcastle. So if you want to have a crack at Ponga, (coughs) he's an absolute gun. If he can get back the kicking duties, he should average 70-plus, if not more. Yep, like it. And then I think guys like... I'm really tempted about Ponga as well, but we'll see how the preseason pans out. Uh, And then... I think you've got there's a few people a surprising amount of people are keen on Val Holmes and I don't know why he's been priced at 560k which <laughs> it could end up being a steal but A we don't know if he's going to kick goals at the Cowboys if it'll be him or Masters or maybe Jack Clifford if he gets a run in the halves um, a line through him for me RTS um, Charles Nickel Clockstad it kills me because I love the bloke <laughs> but line through him uh, and poor old King Gutho I can't see being super coach relevant this year <clears throat> now that he's he's lost his dual centre wing fullback status so 
He's a line through, potentially through the origin period maybe, but yeah, poor old Gutho. Uh, we'll take a look at a few more th- things. Uh, again, it's, it's very much preliminary teams. We're all in the same boat. We, we don't know where to look, but let's take a look at our first two picked this season. We're not going to delve into the cheapies at this stage. Uh, we'll get a little bit more information on them first as it comes to hand throughout the preseason, then we'll do a cheapie special podcast at some stage. First guy picked for me, and I think he will be for a lot of teams, although a lot of people have been deterred and were deterred this time last year. Damian Cook, uh, 700k, past two seasons, averages of 76 and 78, busted five tons last year. Um, I just, I think it's just a set and forget for me. You know, he'll play Origin, he'll miss a game or two over that period, but get him in your team. Along with Smith, he's just, he's got that ability to turn up so easily, which no other hooker in the game has. Uh, Smithy has a lead into the comp of start the season against Manly at Manly, then Cronulla at Cronulla, which is just savage. Cameron McGuinness, dual second row hooker this year, which is really interesting and could come into a lot of sides at second row. Uh, but I'm locking in Cookie, and I'm also, I'm, I'll probably partner him with a cheapie in Blake Braley, who's about 200k, looks to have the starting role at the Sharks. Bit of attacking upside to him as well. So looking at that so far, wouldn't be against people going Cook and Smith because I know Smith's... You know, a few people are deterred from him. I don't know why. I'm pretty sure he topped the points going last year, as you do. He's like Federer, mate. He just keeps on yeah, getting better and doing is. his thing. So he's the first of my two. Uh, who's first on your list? I think first on my list, this was a tough one because I must say Cookie is outstanding and if he's your first pick, you're doing nothing wrong. But I've got Payne Haas as mine. The only risk I can see at this stage is if he plays less minutes. But given the motor the kid has, how good he is, and the fact that the Broncos really need to get back to winning finals footy, they'll need all they can get out of Haas. And I'm just going to lock him in from the start. And as I mentioned before, maybe skipper him for the first few weeks. Yeah, very nice. Second, I think he'll be pretty popular, won't you? And that's why that's why he's on our first pick list. Uh, the one for me, and it's so exciting, and I hope for some stupid reason people are deterred from him, but David Fafida at 502k, that's priced on an average of 54. He spent a bit of time on the bench last year in his uh, early period of his NRL career. Um, by the end of the year, he was playing 80 minutes. He averaged 73 points across his nine 80-minute games. In his last three rounds, he had 36 tackle bars, which <laughs> is just unheard of. He had 31 in his second and third last games. Um, so, look, assuming he plays 80 minutes there, which I think he will, Alex is going to be on the other edge by the looks of it. Depends what they do with Tavita Pangai. Um, so I think the minutes will be there, and there's a guaranteed price increase. He's probably going to be a keeper. Um, just lock him into your sides. Yeah, I think you probably have to have to take him because it's one of those things, if you go against him and he busts another 10 tackles a game, scores tries, he could average 100 early and then he straight away slip back in the rankings, yeah. which you can't afford to do. So absolutely can't, can't argue with that at all, Who mate. Who else do you have? We've already spoken about Pap, so for me, he's straight in. But to make it a little bit more interesting, I'll say Nathan Cleary. The kid's a very good footballer, but more importantly for our purposes, he's an outstanding supercoach player. He runs a lot. When he does run, he offloads. He occasionally tackle busts. He obviously kicks goals and never misses them, which is a huge bonus. But the big one for me this year is no James Maloney. Jimmy Maloney is an absolute legend of the game, but he hurt Cleary at times by taking a lot of the duties. For me, a lot of the last tackle options fell with Maloney, especially last year. And even though Cleary still ended up averaging just under 70 and had a great year, I think he's, his ceiling is even higher. Um, he's very, very good. What do you think? I'm with you 
and I'll be starting with Cleary at this stage. Does it worry you that Penrith look like a side who are regressing a little bit? I know they didn't set the world alight last year, so there is plenty of improvement in them. Can you see Penrith coming out of the block slow? Um, Cleary maybe faltering because of this a little bit? My gut feel says they're going to come out and be maybe middle of the road. I don't think they're going to be poor. They may not be outstanding, but I think they've got enough points in them with a bit of young blood out there at the foot of the mountains to get enough points done, and it'll all revolve around Cleary. One of the biggest things I noticed last year was when Maloney played, he just didn't take the fifth tackle options. I had a quick look at some games he's played without Maloney in the last two years. If we have a look at this, in 2018, he only had six repeat sets for the whole season, and the kid can... The kid can kick a short ball. He's It's one of his classiest things, right? The two games without James Maloney, he had four. So that's two a game, which averages out to about 50, yep. which is a lot. Obviously, you may not do that every game, but honestly, I think he won't be that far off at least one per game. And the two games without him last year, he got 63 and 139. So the pedigree's there, and I just think he's outstanding. The only thing that slightly worries me, and I did say the draw doesn't concern me too much early, but he's got a hell of a tough run early, including the Roosters and Melbourne in the first three weeks. For me, yeah. I hope that scares people off, yeah. and he becomes a little bit of a semi-pod, and I think I'll just lock him in, hope he can even average 55-60 over those first three weeks, and then explode after that. He put on that, I think it was the record Supercoach score, 190-odd in the last round last season against the Knights. He scored four tries and just went ham on them. That cost him about 70 or 80 grand on his overall prize. It bumped his average <laughs> up by about seven or eight points, and it was just like fantastic as a time of the owner, but boy, it bumped his starting price up this week. And this year, should I say. I'm pretty sure that was the last Supercoach game of last year, so God help anyone that played against him that game, and it cost you the title. Let us know yeah. if it did, because that would be an absolute heartbreaker. Ouch. Or alternatively, did he win anyone the title with that absolute blitz of the Knights from memory? I remember having a beer, watching him, just going, here's the Cleary I love. Obviously, he's not going to get 180-odd every week, but that's the kind of pedigree he's got in him. Yeah, nice. Um, any snubs that you're, you've really probably... It's, again, it's hard to refer to players as pods a little bit um, and popular players when we don't know ownership before the game's really even properly, properly launched. Um, anyone who you're not looking at going for that could be a little bit controversial? To be honest, as you said, it's very hard to tell this early, but it'll be one of the fullbacks. We just spoke about it before. There's a potential that I don't start with either of Tommy or Teddy at fullback, which makes me shake a little bit thinking about it. That's absolutely ludicrous, and I'll probably end up with one of them, but one of them's definitely going to miss out for me. So that's my biggest snub at this stage, mate. Yeah, nice. The, uh, the only one for me, or not the only one, I've got a few, but the one I'll speak about, and Oh, I didn't think it would have been controversial, but you see a lot of people putting their teams out on social media, particularly on Twitter um, this time of year. Um, <coughs> Latrell Mitchell, and a, a lot of people have Latrell in their sides. A lot of people have just put a line through him straight away to start the year, and I'm one of them people, but people are thinking, oh, this this move to fullback, it'll rejuvenate him, he'll have a point to prove. Think about how often he'll get his hands on the ball. I don't disagree with all those things, but I think there are just so many things going against him. For starters, a lot of people will opt to go or sort of you know, the guns and cheapies sort of type format to start your year. And a lot of your cheapies fall in that centre wing area because they're guys who can jag easy tries as opposed to the bench forward cheapie who will get 20 minutes and could get 10 points sort of thing. So you're spending a lot of money on a centre wing who's at a new club <coughs> in a new position. Um, how Get this. So he scored 356 points in goals last season, 
Without those goals to his tally, which it looks like will happen this year with Adam Reynolds there as the main goal kicker, he averaged 54 points. Wow. So then he's come back. He's had a very much uh, disrupted preseason. He went back home for a while while he was sorting his contract out, been travelling all over the shop. I just, I think he's probably put on a couple of extra kilos. Hopefully he's been doing a bit of extra fitness. I know he's been fighting fires up there, what a legend. Um, but I just, it's a very difficult position to play fullback for a bloke who's been playing centre, probably the easiest position on the field fitness-wise. Uh, and I just, I think it's a massive risk. So I'll be going to <coughs> Neil Latrell. Good luck to you if you want to. I think come around seven or eight when he's dropped in price, he's getting his fitness up. I think he'll be a steal, but wait for his price to drop. Yeah, I have to agree there. I um, Just having to think about it, the best case scenario is probably not to pick him round one. Have a good look at that first game at how he's looking, not just points-wise, but how he's playing, how he's fitting into the team, obviously whether he goal kicks. I'm sure come round one analysis after the first round, sorry, um, and Tim will have a good look at that and let you know how he went, especially from a football point of view. But I agree, it's very risky. It could be a hell of a punt, though, if you get on and he happens to nab the goal-kicking duty. So I don't want to scare anyone off if they want to have a go. But I think it's very much a watch those first couple of rounds. If he's killing it, you can always bring him in. But I'd probably avoid too. Even without the goal kicking, with his, I'm always talking myself into it. But even without goal kicking, you know, imagine if he, he had about six runs a game with the with the Roosters and he'd he'd score six tries and then he'd set oh. up another whatever. Gee, I want to bring him in though. Cause yeah, I know. <laughs> so the ima- there. Imagine if he's having twenty runs a game at fullback, popping up, backing up tr- um, line breaks, all that sort of thing. So he'll be, yeah, he could be anything. But yeah, let's just wait and see. Yeah. He's uh, just quickly, he's tackle busting and offloads per run, if that's a stat, is absolutely phenomenal. So if he, if he starts doing that, it could be scary, but I agree. Take a look or take a punt if you're that way inclined. Yeah. Um, a quick look at a few pods uh, to start the year. The one that really caught my eye, in the, the halves are I'm a little bit indecisive this year. There's, there's guys like Mitchie Moses, who's been, been a bit of a roller coaster in the past. He established himself last year, uh, but I'm not too sure if he can match it again. Uh, Sean Johnson, I love. I really want him, but just that injury history, it's just building up and making him harder to pick. He's aging a little bit. We spoke about Cleary. I quite like Luke Keary at 5'8", with Cooper Cronk gone. Unfortunately, it's a really small sample size without Cooper Cronk in the side. They did play most games together, or whenever. Cronk didn't miss many. There was three games last year. Cronk didn't play with Keary, and he went 105, 34, 53. Again, hard to get a gauge on, but... He's 570k. We've seen how good he is in that side. Uh, he still averaged 61 last year, and there was an, an injury-affected game where he played nine minutes. So you can bump that up a couple as well, looking at that. Um, he only scored under 53 times in non-injury-affected games last year. Three tons, five scores over 90. I know that's <laughs> a lot of numbers, but, boy, I think he, uh, I think he looks pretty tempting to me. A lot of potential, Luke. He's very fun to watch. I love him as a footballer. He's direct, he's tough, and he, he's a huge asset to the Roosters. One of my concerns there is he gets knocked out a lot. <laughs> he, um, he's a small little body. He takes the line on. That's why I love him. But he gets knocked out a lot, and there is a little bit of potential that he could miss multiple weeks if he gets hit again. So I like your line of thinking, though. You've just, as with a lot of players in this game, there's that little injury risk factor, but end of the day, you've got to take the guys you think are going to do the best job because they may not get hurt yeah so and the other I, I, I am tempted but the uh, the other issue is I'll, I'm thinking I'll probably start the year at 5-8 with Crossland Phoenix Crossland at the night 
provided he uh, he is picked for round one. And then George Williams, the the Raiders recruit, who's funnily enough kicked Sam Williams out of the side. So a little fun fact on George Williams: I crunched his numbers from the Super League last year. He was shortlisted for the Man of Steel the, the last five. Comes here with big raps, not the first bloke to do it in Falter, mind you. Uh, look at Zach Hardacre, Sam Tompkins, a couple of others. But crunching those numbers, he averaged 75 points a game. I'm not oblivious to the fact that it's a, it's a weaker standard over there. It's a more open attacking style of football. However, I mean, I won't delve into it too much. The article's on the website. It's free to read, but I think he's only about 330k based on a, an average of about 35. So are we looking at them too? Yeah, Georgie Williams, um, very interesting to see how he goes in, in the comp this year. He did some good stuff for Wigan, as you said, in a slightly weaker comp. He ran the ball and killed it. But at that price, I think the handicappers might have let one slip yeah. through to the keeper there. So Very super coach friendly game as well. <coughs> Runs, tackle bars, um, scores tries, sets them up. So, look, even if he can uh, bump his average up, from that 35 predicted, um, there's money to be made. Next on my list, Zach Lomax, who I think he's a really good buy. And to be fair, we're talking about pods. I think he'll probably be fairly popular, but he is a little awkwardly <laughs> priced at 324k. Uh, that's based on, again, a 35 average. The big thing is that that's also on 55-minute average game time last year. Obviously, the move to fullback. So I think he might have only played one game at fullback last year. But look... Gareth Widdop's gone. Jai Field, who got a few games there and kicked goals for the Jones last year, he, I don't even know if he's still at the club, but he won't be there round one, at least not starting. So Lomax will be kicking goals. Um, even if you could bump that 35 average up to 45, which I think is potentially conservative, the Dragons had a stinker of a year, that's a 100k rise, which you'd take any day of the week. And the big thing is he's available at centre wing, which we've spoken about, but it's going to be a lot harder this year to find keepers in centre wing. So at 324k, I like Zach Lomax. What are your thoughts? I think you just talked me into him, mate. Yeah. Lomax straight <laughs> in. Um, providing, yeah, providing you starting, obviously. The fact he is available at centre wing is enormous because that's bloody tough always to start the year. Um, I like him. I really like him as a kid too. I hope he does well this year. Yeah. Um, any other pods for you or how are you looking? All good? I'm pretty conservative early. I tend to do that to start. By tomorrow night, I'll probably have another look when I I have a plane trip tomorrow up to Queensland. I'll probably put in four or five of them to see how it looks. But at this stage, we spoke about Kalen Ponga as a potential POD. The other one I don't mind, and I haven't looked a lot into this, but Braden Burns was outstanding for South mm. last year. He kept getting hurt, which was a shame. I think I brought him in round three, and he did his hammy about seven minutes in, so that was a hot start to my season. But I haven't lost faith yet because he's pretty exciting. He has enormous base stats for a centre. So depending how the Bunnies lineup goes and how it's all looking, I may take a little punt on him, just depending on the structure of my side come round one. Yeah, the big thing for Burns for me is just playing on that lethal left rabbit's edge. It, uh, it went downhill a little bit towards the end of the year, but playing outside Cody Walker, who can start a, start a season fast, and he's a great pot also. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Burns is a good shout. He goes to the line, Cody, all the way in real deep, and he just picks up space for his fullback and centres, and they do the rest, which is brilliant for Supercoach purposes. God bless him. Uh, that's all for our first ever edition of the Supercoach Playbook podcast. Jump on the website. We've got a heap of content on there from some, from some really good writers. Uh, it's www.scplaybook.com.au. Uh, check it out. Give us your feedback. We've got social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at SC Playbook. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts, what we need to improve on. I'm sure there's plenty. So give us a shout. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys.